As we are reading through this letter of 2 Timothy, um, although it seems so distant and far from us, uh, written 2,000 years ago, it is a personal letter, and it is of great help for us today. It is a, a letter from the Apostle Paul as he is writing to his young, his young friend in the ministry, Timothy. And it is a parting letter for this son of faith. They've shared many life experiences together. Uh, Paul has got to watch Timothy grow up, uh, both as a young man and in the faith. He's got to see him grow up as a minister of the gospel. He's walked with him along the way. Uh, He has got to serve right next to him. He has got to both encourage and correct him along the way. These guys know each other. They are friends. Uh, They are in a discipleship relationship. Paul has got to lay hands on him. Uh, And now he's sending this letter going to be his last letter that he gets to send. And in this letter, he's saying, Timothy, what I really want is for you to come see me. Knowing this might be the last opportunity they will ever get to be face to face. And we don't know where the Timothy actually got to go uh, and see Paul. We do know that uh, just as uh, as Paul is in jail and uh, will will soon um, be executed, so uh, Timothy later was found to be in jail as well. So we don't know whether he went and visited him and they nabbed him as well. I don't, we don't know how it went, but uh, these letters are, are, are uh, heartfelt uh, to a good friend. And uh, I think that maybe you in the midst of this can feel the love of God coming to you as well um, as other servants of God, uh, untimely born. Chapter 2, verse 1. You then... My child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Paul is passing the baton, Timothy. I want you to think about who's passing the baton and to whom he is passing the baton. Uh, Timothy, if there's a word that goes with him, uh, it would be the word timid. We think about Timothy and we think about timidity. Timothy, the timidity. He is, he is young. He has lots of things that are against him. And he has the people who've left him. He is not sure of how he will carry out this message in this very rotten city of Ephesus. And then he gets this letter from Paul who is a spiritual giant. (laughs) He gets this message from Paul that he is passing the baton to Timothy, and it's coming from this man who is the the pen and ink of the faith, right? He is the one who is writing the gospel down. He is the one that's interpreting the gospel and looking the scriptures. He is the one that the churches and the people of God are looking to for leadership. And Paul is saying, I'm almost done. Here you go. Now it's your turn. Timid Timothy is now giving this great responsibility. And he's got to think to himself, I'm not as smart as Paul. Even Peter says, I don't quite understand what Paul's saying half the time. And Timothy is now saying, I don't always know either, and I'm trying my best. 
you know, just to keep up, and it's overwhelming, and Paul is passing the baton to me. And sometimes we look at ourselves and we have to think the same thing. It's just me, right? You've given me great responsibilities and, uh, of service, and it's just, it's just me. And I don't know exactly how I'm going to carry on because the calling of God is great, and it's only me. But Paul is going to encourage our brother, and he says, You then, my child... I know, I know you're, you're small. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. By the grace, by the grace. That's a great word, isn't that grace? It means a, a gift. It, it's not, not like any kind of gift, though. It's a gift, maybe we'd say a heartfelt gift. Maybe that's what we would say. It, it isn't because you've done something that you're getting this gift, this unmerited favor. So it's not just a present, but it's like someone who has the power to impact your life, to change things, says to you, I just love you. And this is what I'm going to give you. And so... Paul is saying, be strengthened by that grace, the grace of Jesus Christ. That is, you should be empowered because of. And so Paul knows this grace so well for himself. Don't you love the divine irony of it all? Paul is killing Christians, and then Jesus comes to call him to be the chief Christian. He... he comes to Paul, who is the greatest in religion, and calls him to the gospel. The divine irony of it all. That he would take Paul and make him into his servant, his lead servant in the day. That's the way of Christ. The gift that Jesus gives to us, the one who slogged through the streets of Jerusalem with a timber of torture on his back, marking the way of suffering that would be our salvation. Be strengthened by that kind of grace, that grace that has been extended to you, Paul, that has been extended to you, Timothy, that has been extended to you and me, that grace, the grace of not only of salvation, but the calling out from the, the church, the ecclesia, as those who have been called out from this way, this life that we've been going, and now we've been called out to and called to something else. It is a gift of salvation, a grace of salvation, but it is a, a gift and a grace that calls us into his work and into his ministry. So now we are like Paul that we fight against the church fight against the things of God. Now he calls us, like Paul, into this great work of his. And so we become those who are grace givers. We are extensions of his hands of mercy. From persecuting Christians to being the pen and ink of the gospel to carrying the burdens of his people. And in this letter, we see the instructions to his friend Timothy. To know that Timothy's salvation and Timothy's calling 
is by the grace of Jesus Christ, because of the grace of Jesus Christ. It's not his own work, but he's chosen by God. This is the chesed of the Old Testament, a word we don't have very good definition for. It's this long, enduring love that keeps popping up over and over again. You see, our God is at work, and He is consistent, and He is able, and He is willing. He is in control, and He is so good. He is all these things in our salvation, and He is all these things in our calling and in our ministry. Be strengthened by the grace of Jesus Christ. We serve also because of His grace. We serve also through His grace. He is at work. We come alongside Him and His grace dispensing is part of this divine plan. Each servant of God is a thread in this divine tapestry. This grace that displays itself in the beauty and glory of God Because it is his glorious masterpiece, it is a tapestry that will never be threadbare. He will accomplish in you and me what he has intended, and he will accomplish in ministry what is intended because he is grace at work. You know, uh, a week ago, we were here with a bunch of kiddos, and I had the great pleasure of being the storyteller and being able to give the Word of God. And we were talking about Moses. And I love to, to story the, the, the gospel, to tell the stories throughout and share them with these guys. And as I did, each day we left with a cliffhanger. And it was fun. Like, they would even, I heard kids say, like, I can't wait to find out what happens tomorrow. It's like, it worked. And so we started out with Pharaoh's commands against the Hebrews where he was going to snuff out the whole population. He was going to do that first by hard labor, and then he was going to do it by genocide. And one particular Hebrew baby we find floating in a basket in the Nile. And I, I leave them there. That's great. And the mama pushed the little baby out into the waters. And the little boat floated in the Nile River. We'll see you tomorrow. What happened to the baby, right? (laughs) The hope of Israel in a little basket. Then we see Moses murders, and he runs away. We saw earlier that God speaks to Moses. God spoke to Moses and called him out. And Moses says, I'm not that great a candidate for this job. I can't talk. I can't lead. I can't convince Pharaoh to let the people of children of Israel go. I can't even convince my own people. What am I going to do? We leave the story like that. What's Moses going to do? And then finally, Moses speaks to Pharaoh, and and what happens? Well, their rejection by Pharaoh and nine plagues. We end in darkness. Come back tomorrow. 
And then the 10th plague, and Pharaoh lets the people of Israel go. And so they are free to go, and they leave Egypt. And as soon as they leave Egypt, they come to the where God has led them to the Red Sea, and they have the Red Sea in front of them, and Pharaoh's army behind them coming in a great cloud, ready to destroy them. We'll see you tomorrow. And then God opens up the Red Sea and sends them across, and they come to, the, to Mount Sinai, and God comes down on the mountain and gives them the Ten Commandments, and the people of Israel go crazy. There's Bedlam, and God says, I'm going to destroy them all. Come back tomorrow. You see, that is the way of God's people. We are always living the cliffhanger. It seems like maybe all will be lost, that I'm tired and worn out. There's no more left in the tank, that it's all going to fail. Come back tomorrow. Because God's grace is at work. God has a big story, and he allows you and me to be a part of history, to be a part of his story. He will not be denied. Brother, we are just now beginning to understand what history is all about and what our history is all about. It's about his story, about his grace. So Timothy, so young, believers in Christ, be strengthened by his grace and his story. Remember, be strengthened by his grace and his story and in your story. Be strengthened because of his grace. Be strengthened through his grace. And be strengthened with his grace. We now are those who are gift givers. We're the, the gift dispensers. We get to give out those gifts of God. And those gifts are primarily and profoundly found in the word of God. They are both the words themselves and the application of those words. And so part of our gift giving is the gift of the proclamation of his word. It is also the work of his word. More on that in just a minute. So now Paul has given these great instructions to be strengthened by grace, but how do you do that in Ephesus? And then the question well, we have to ask is, how do we do it in Washington County? And he says, this is the here are my instructions for you. I want you to take this word and what it means. I should maybe, like this scroll, and what it means. And I want you to pass it down to faithful men who will be able to teach others who are going to teach others. Do you see the generations of this passing down? And the great Paul has given it to Timothy. Timothy is now to find faithful, reliable men, and they are then to take that word and they're to pass it on to others. And so this is, this is the way how, how the, the, the gospel is going to go forward in Ephesus. There were similar instructions in the book of Titus. This word is going to go out to you now I want you to take it and give to others who will be faithful in, uh, in, in giving that word out as well. It's multi-generational. And it would have been very practical because Paul is saying, Timothy, come see me. And if Timothy is going to come see him, this is a long, arduous trek. 
It may have meant actually that he went to jail himself. And so while you are gone, there better be somebody back in Ephesus to take care of the administration of the gospel. So pass it on. And so this is maybe a temporary need, but it is a permanent need as well. This is the way of the church, that we are taking the word of God, we are faithfully interpreting, explaining, expounding, we are exegeting it well, we're applying it to our lives, and we are living it out among the people. And then we are finding others, bringing them as disciples, teaching this word and doing this over and over. Repeat, repeat, repeat. And so we see this is the, the work of the people of God to find reliable people to share the word with. And when we say faithful and reliable, we're looking for people who will be sincere about the study and the administration of the word of God. People who have character that's in keeping with the word of God. So we're to pass these on to faithful men and women. In, in the book of Titus, it was... It was elders, but it was also the older men were to teach the younger men, and the older women were to teach the younger women. It is a part of the, the whole body of Christ to pass on the Word of God. It's, it's easy for us to see, like, the reason why our church supports Hamaray and allows me to go over there and do the work there is because this is that picture of the church taking the word of God and trusting the faithful men who entrust and trust the faithful men. This last week, it was so beautiful. I got to see pictures of our Kenyan staff. There were six of them, and they went out to the refugee camp, and they were working with people from Burundi and Congo and from South Sudan and, and Ethiopia, and they were sharing this word of God so that they would share the word of God with someone else. This is the way of the people of God. It's the way for Hamaray, but it's also the way for Redeemer. As we administrate the Word of God, and the way we see that is that it happens both like at the elder level and the teacher's level, but it happens on, on Sunday mornings. It happens during the week. It happens in the nursery. As we take the grace of God and we apply it to the smallest ones in our midst. And it's singing songs and cuddling and being in the big rocking chair over there and changing diapers and calming upset children. That's the administration of the grace of God. As they feel that love, as they hear those soothing words. And as they grow in Sunday school, you get to share with them the graces of God. You get to teach them the word. This is the way of the people of God. With our youth, community groups. So our responsibility, my responsibility to you is to continue to pass down and and for us as elders to call forth those who will be faithful in this work to equip the saints for ministry. So I have a couple dates for you. September 25th and October the 3rd, we are going to have uh, Saturday classes from 9 to 2 p.m. Uh, where we will be up here on these Saturdays and we'll be doing biblical interpretation, how to faithfully interpret the Word of God. So I hope you mark that on your calendars and you can be with this as we 
be a, as we are being equipped to teach well. We'll follow that up uh, in six months or nine months and then have a time of what we call homiletics of how to faithfully teach those truths that we found in the Word of God. This is also my plug. We need Sunday school teachers as we start Sunday school back. We need nursery workers to care in the nursery for our little ones, youth workers. God is calling us in this ministry for for reliable people. And that means adults, but it also means our young people. You should see our young people here at Crossover. They did a fantastic job working with our little guys. And so like our, our fourth graders, are you reliable fourth graders? Are you experienced? Yes. You sure could help a, a kindergartner, couldn't you? I mean, you've been there before, right? You've been to kindergarten. You can express the graces of God with experience for those whom you can say, I've been there. This is the way of the people of God. So we then have to ask, what does it look like? And so as Paul is sharing this, remember there are people who've left the ministry, who left the church, and they're leaving the church because of this. Many are saying, if Paul is in jail, how can this gospel be so glorious? Like we remember the Peter preaching and 5,000 coming to faith. We remember Peter, remember Jesus, and we remember the feeding of the 5,000. And Paul did some good things to begin with, but now he's in jail. Like, did it run out? Did, the, he, did he lose the recipe to the secret sauce or what? And so they've left the faith because they thought it was going to be more glorious and exciting than it really is. They, they long for signs and wonders, but now Paul is in jail. He has been beaten, he's been shipwrecked, he's been opposed, and now he's been abandoned. Where's the power and the glory of God? So Paul wants to paint a clear picture of what the kingdom is really like to Timothy. Let me read these verses for you. 3 through 7 says this. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. You see, they were hoping it was a magical world out there, and it isn't. The, the road of ministry isn't Hogwarts. But it's more like, Paul is saying, an infantry division. It means that you are called out by a commanding officer, you agree to the terms, and you go to work. Your life is full of prepping, preparing, sacrificing. It can be grueling, and obedience and endurance are required. Welcome to ministry, right? It it isn't like Hogwarts. It's more like CrossFit. It's training and work and sweat and consistency. Some good photo opportunities occasionally, but you have to follow the rules. You have to follow the commandments. You've got to find out, follow the workout schedule. It is a lot of work. 
and a lot of sweat. And I've seen many of you come from CrossFit and you don't look glorious. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> Ministry is not like Hogwarts. It's more like Delorio Farms. You know what that is? The big pumpkin, I mean the big uh, watermelons you see on the side of the road? That's coming from Hempstead. Them, them delicious. But we get to enjoy the giant watermelons from Hempstead, but be the guy or the gal in the field. Oh, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of sweat. It is 100 degrees out there. And they are working and working. It is menial. menial. It is hard. It's by the sweat of your brow. There's no one standing by one of the rows going, go, go, go. No, that's not what happens in farming. There are seasons and good seasons and bad seasons. There's drought and freezes and bugs and diseases. But this is the way of ministry. And throughout, it is filled with the grace of God. So he says all of these things to really pump you up. But at the end of each one, he says, but there is a prize at the end. There's a goal. There's something happening. And we see that one of those prizes is that if we continue to endure, we will receive this final victory. And so continue to be faithful people of God in your ministry. When it is hard, when it is grueling, when it is repetitive, when it smells bad, when you don't want to do it anymore, when there's not people encouraging you, know that in the end, there is victory. And if you follow the rules and you are faithful to what God calls you to do, you will get the laurel of victory. You'll stand up on the podium with your golden medallion and you'll say praise to God. It's coming. So continue to be faithful and like an athlete, continue to train and prepare and work and follow the rules. Like the farmer, there are seasons where it's going to be very difficult, but there are seasons in which there's going to be a crop. There's going to be fruit, and you should enjoy the fruit. And it's going to come regularly, but it always seems like it's not regularly enough. So continue to be faithful. See how God provides. Enjoy the fruit of God's work as, he, as you see these people that you've discipled and they're doing their work. As you get to see the fruit of the ministry as people love you in return. Be blessed by those things. And finally, as you, just as you signed up and you have been faithful because one has called us into his ministry, Every day, receive the glory of the smile of God as you are faithful. As your commanding officer says, go and do this. And you say, yes, sir. Go into this difficult new ministry. Follow this path that is long and tiresome and as many hours. Yes, sir. Because we know that it pleases our God who has given us so much grace.
people of God. Redeem our family. God is doing great things in us. And like I said last week, I began to recount, even after that message, about all the little fires that God has started among his people. I mean, I just kept remembering more and more. My heart just as we Paul said, to fan in the flame. For those who are working in the ministry of our Lord, keep going. Some of you need to start. Some of you find your place and serve well. Look for opportunities to share this good word to make disciples. And we will do it because of His grace and through His grace and with His grace. Let's pray.